0: Hey everybody, it is Friday, August 23rd, 2019, and you are listening to an episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bright Eyes Alike, and I'm here to talk to you about car news, car culture, and car whatever. Unfortunately, this week we haven't had a ton of car news and other weird things going on, so instead, uh, we'll talk about at least the biggest automotive news story this week, which is the new Audi RS6 Avant. Uh, It is coming to the United States, and it is quite a looker. We'll also touch on some pricing information that was released for the new 2020 Ford Escape. I'm actually starting to get more and more interested in this vehicle, but it does continue a problem with which I touched on quite a while ago when I was talking about how Ford got rid of all their cars, and now they don't have anything cheap to sell. Uh the escape is not fixing that problem uh the way I thought that they were going to do it but nevertheless it's worth at least diving in a little bit to see where pricing is at on this vehicle. Uh last up, no real major updates about some of the car shopping, but I did want to talk about the joys of working on your own car. I did some work today for the first time in a long time on my Fiesta and uh just wanted to kind of touch on why that might be kind of an important thing for people to do so with all that in mind uh before we hit the bump and get into the auto news this is the part where i remind you that sub shadow podcast is normally put out once a week sometimes twice a week uh for free on a wide variety of podcasting platforms including apple itunes spotify google podcasts and so much more so if you like what you hear make sure you hit that subscribe button uh if you want to share it with someone else uh feel free to do so, and if you're on a platform that's asking to give the podcast a rating, uh, doing so helps us greatly uh, because we do get seen by other folks. With all that in mind, guys, after the bump, let's talk about that new Audi. Well, if you would've started this week off by saying that Audi was gonna do something crazy, I don't think anybody would've really had an idea what we were talking about. Uh, but instead, they pulled the wraps off the new RS6 Avant, that's the station wagon version of the RS6, and they announced that here in the United States, Canada, Mexico, we are gonna be getting the RS6 Avant for the very first time. Now, fast Audis have often come in wagon formats all over the world, and especially in Europe, you know, they've been strong sellers because there is an added bit of practicality to having a very fast sport sedan but with, uh, a little more space in the trunk for your goods and other things. Uh, this new RS6 is a long line of fast wagon RS6 models for Audi that date back to the, uh, well, the late 90s, early aughts, uh, the last RS wagon that we got here in the U.S. was the RS2, and that was, uh, the very, very early 90s. That car in itself is a very interesting story between, uh, co-production and development between Audi and Porsche, uh, but this new RS6 is kind of the fruits of, well, some co-development between Audi, Porsche, and many other brands, uh, riding on the MQB platform on the current A6, uh, you've got a good idea what you're going to be getting. Very, very luxurious, very tech-forward interior. It's got the double touchscreen, uh, up high and down low on the, uh, dashboard, up high for the navigation, down low for the climate control and other things. Uh, this new R6 is rolling out an updated sport seat option that is heated and ventilated, uh, which looks quite nice and very comfortable. Uh, and they also have, uh, well, just, you know, added sporty touches here and there, uh, that you would generally expect for an RS model. Uh, there are different ways to customize the drive modes in the vehicle, uh, through some different menus on the dashboard, but there is a dedicated RS button, uh, that can be tapped once for a very sporty mode and tapped twice for an all-out mode, uh, that gives you, you know, just a little more confidence and performance, uh, than the standard drive selections. Now what kind of performance are we talking about? Uh, this new vehicle is going to be rocketing from 0 to 60 in 3.6 seconds with a 591 horsepower and 590 pound-feet of torque turbocharged V8. I believe this is the same turbocharged V8 that is shared with the likes of the Lamborghini Urus, the uh, the Bentley Bentiaga, the uh well the Porsche Panamera so many other vehicles in the VAG lineup uh all using the same similar uh V8 audi's tweaked it a bit for themselves and of course this is uh ran through the all knowing all powerful uh Audi quattro all-wheel drive system. Uh, it sounds like it's regularly regularly gonna be split uh, 40-60 with this car, uh front and rear power distribution, but it can send up to 81% of that power delivery to the rear wheels. Uh this thing is gonna hook up and go in a way that many other cars can't. Now, one thing that is interesting about the Quattro system and the power delivery that's in this thing is that in between it is a new 8-speed ZF gearbox. Uh, This car is not going to be using the dual-clutch system that's been employed by Porsche and Audi for many other sporty models. Uh, This instead will lean a little bit more into the luxury end of things. Why is that good? Why is that bad? Well, well, nobody really knows. These ZF gearboxes are quite good. They're very responsive. They do uh, upshift and downshift just as rapidly as any dual-clutch system can do. I would have a guess and say that it could be a little more reliable long-term. But in terms of just giving you a little bit better performance in town, you know, toddling about using this thing as a family station wagon, uh, I think that 8-speed automatic is going to seem much better. Now, why is Audi bringing it to the U.S.? Well, like I said, they've they've heard the complaints. They're sick of hearing it. Fine, if you want to get it, Let's get it. Let's do it. So, we're getting the wagon here in the United States, Canada, and Mexico for the first time ever. Uh, No pricing has been announced, but uh, fair bet to say it's going to be very expensive. Uh, Probably well north of $70,000, if not more than that. Uh, What are we comparing it to here in the U.S.? Well, Mercedes does offer the E63 wagon here. Uh, They've been offering powerful performance versions of the wagons, here for quite some time. Mercedes was the only one who stuck with it. Uh, not necessarily that the uptake was all that great on any of those variations, uh, but they're out there and there's a community that really wants them. And I think Audi wants to, you know, cut their little sliver off or more than likely what's going to happen is probably cut a pig a pretty large chunk out of it uh, simply because these are the bee's knees when it comes to performance wagons uh, outside the U.S., Now, comparing apples to apples, the RS6, the Mercedes-Benz, I think the RS6 is probably going to pip it just a bit in the straight line. Uh, I would even have a, you know, lingering suspicion that the Audi might outhandle the Mercedes, uh, but the big upside, of course, with the Mercedes is that they do offer that wonderful, beautiful, uh, V8 sound that just is unrivaled anywhere in any modern European performance car right now, and, uh you know, that's always an upside. But hey, you know, good on Audi for doing this. I'm excited to hear a lot more. I'm excited to hear about more of the performance figures, particularly floating around the handling and, uh, department. This thing's gonna ride great. I don't have any doubts in that. It's gonna haul skis. It's gonna haul lumber, I guess, if you need that. So it's gonna be a practical, very fast, very stylish car. I just hope it comes in green. Uh, they've been on a rip with that little, that that kind of matte green color lately, so that would be a very nice touch for Audi uh, heading into 2020. Well, Ford did announce some more pricing details on the new 2020 Ford Escape, and overall, it's, well, they're a little expensive, I think is the nice way to say that. Uh, if you've been paying attention at all, Ford is kind of in a weird spot. They've gotten rid of all their small cars in the US, and the cheapest vehicle on sale here right now is the 2020 Ford EcoSport. Yes, it has had a couple of upgrades here and there, but, uh, that EcoSport isn't as fuel-efficient as the old Fiesta and Focus, and, uh, well, it's a very old car underneath. In comes the new Escape, which is meant to replace both the Focus and the Fusion in the lineup, and, uh, things are, well, quite a bit more expensive than what those other two sedans were. Uh, the new Escape is just, excuse me, the new Escape is going to start a hair under $28,000 for a base front-wheel drive S model, and will rocket well north of forty thousand dollars uh with a fully loaded uh hybrid or titanium model uh these things get expensive very quick and it's really a matter of where your preferences lie are you looking for more luxury more leather bigger infotainment system a glass roof are you looking for something a little more sporty Uh, maybe a little more fuel efficient Uh, something that's maybe a little more all-weather capable Ford's gonna try to make an escape for you, and I think, for the most part, they've done a pretty good job. These cars are styled really well. They come in a wide variety of colors, both outside and inside. Uh, There's a large number of safety equipment that's being made available for not too much money. Uh, The Sport Hybrid system isn't a large jump in price over the standard 1.5-liter turbocharged engine. I really feel like they nailed the packaging aspect. Uh, this Escape does seem to cover the bases, but, again, that price is really, really expensive for what it likely is. Uh, I think where you're probably gonna get the most bang for your buck is probably somewhere between the SE model and the SE Sport Hybrid model, uh, simply because they come with, well, most of the... Standard features you'd expect for a modern car these days, uh, but also offer a lot of upgraded equipment for not a lot more that does make your car ultimately a much better vehicle to own over the next, well, 4, eight, ten years uh, that you might have it. Now, in particular, I would probably want to single out the SE as the way to go. Ford's offering the all-wheel drive system as an option for $1,500 across the board. I think that's a must-get for that particular vehicle. Just the same, the Co-Pilot 360 uh, option is about uh, $700-ish dollars, uh, all things considered, and you can get the radar cruise control on top of that for just a hair bit more. Uh, But I think, you know, that kind of technology is really where people want to be at these days, and I definitely think I would want to get it if it were my vehicle. And really, the only other option there on the SE model that I think is worth considering is the large glass roof. Just to make the interior a little more spacious, seem a little more lively and open, I think it's really just going to add a lot more flavor to the vehicle. Not that it wouldn't be good with the regular standard closed roof, but uh, that glass, I think, is going to make it look just a little more lively. All in all, you're looking at about $32,000 worth of escape there before, uh, well, any incentives and other things that are likely going to be coming, uh, and that price, you know, again, a little high for what it is, not outrageous, but certainly, you know, on the mark with things like the Jeep, uh, the Jeep uh, Cherokee, uh, the Chevrolet Equinox, uh, the GMC, uh, Terrain, things like that, I think they they really seem to find a pretty decent sweet spot there. Now, up-level models like the hybrid are going to add about another two grand, so again, depending on whether or not you think the hybrid system is worth getting, uh, I think might make that a pretty worthwhile deal, uh, but all in all, uh, yeah, a little expensive. Now, I did mention incentives and other things, and those definitely will be coming. I think the big question, of course, is where those incentives are and how much they're going to be. On an SE model at 32 grand, the way I was talking about optioning it, you get like a four to $6,000 incentive. On top of that, you start dipping into the mid-20s, and I think that might be a pretty decent buy. Uh, I think the big question is going to be, of course, whether or not these hang on long-term. Uh, I really like this new Escape. I would be completely okay with doing a pretty long-term loan on one to own it uh, over that time period. But, you know, the reliability aspect, if it's not there, uh, that makes it a little scary. Thankfully, they're not using power shift transmissions. These EcoBoost engines seem to be relatively reliable, uh, at least at their point now where they're at uh, in terms of development. I think it just really comes down to the technology holding up in the vehicle and, you know, making sure that the quality and refinement of it is up to snuff. Uh, I've got some Ford experience with my Fiesta and reliability-wise, it's top-notch. I've got a manual transmission, thank God, so it's a little bit easier to work on, uh, but, uh, you know, it's it's the little details in the car. It's things like my window switches that rattle at certain speeds on the highway that's not super great. Uh, it's little interior pieces that I'm noticing are starting to come a little loose, uh, after almost 10 years on the road, and that's not super great, but, uh, with this Escape, you know, I think... There's a good chance you could get your money out of it with those incentives, with that kind of promotional stuff going on from Ford. but in terms of, like, the immediate future to get one right away, probably not the best idea, but wait until early 2020, and I think you're going to be able to get a pretty good deal on one. So last up, uh, well, we don't really have a whole lot of news to talk about when it comes to car shopping. Uh, We're still looking to replace the 2015 Renegade with a modestly priced Toyota Corolla or potentially still a Prius, Uh, but all things considered, all things put in, uh, we've basically taken this week off with shopping because it has been, well, a lot of work and some of the options that we're looking at just aren't quite what we want. Uh, Things did turn away from that 2010 model because it did get sold and i did spot an 08 corolla uh i think it's a base trim ce model but it's got some of the upper trim uh trappings on it as an option and uh overall i really like this 08 simply because it's got about 50-ish thousand miles uh there's a few cosmetic blemishes but really the price seems Well, admittedly high for what it is, but it seems a little bit of a better deal compared to that 2010 model, Uh, especially when you start to consider that there are no real mechanical differences underneath it, uh, that I just really feel like it seems like the better choice. Now, speaking to that price point for just a bit, I really think it benefits a lot of people to do as much research as possible when it comes uh, to shopping for a used car, online. Uh d I'm um, between checking the any NADA guidebook, checking you know, Kelly Blue Book, checking Edmunds, and checking car gurus, uh, there's about a 2300 dollars swing on pricing uh between on the low end what this Toyota may or may not be worth, and the high end where this dealership wants to sell it at. And uh ultimately, you know, I haven't asked the dealer to mark that price down, uh, but it does give me a little bit of pause to see that there hasn't been much progress from them on lowering the vehicle's price. It's only gone down about $200 since they put it on sale roughly a month ago. Uh, And when you look online and you see that, on average, the actual selling price at most dealers should be about $1,700 less, uh, that's... That's a big swing there, guys. You know that's that's multiple tens of dollars a month in terms of uh, a loan, and that's definitely something that we gotta look into. So, it's it's a thing to definitely be cautious when shopping for price. So we'll see if we get some time this weekend uh, to go in and talk to some folks. But yeah, I'm not I'm not banking on it a whole lot at this point. But the one thing I did want to talk about is, uh, working on your car. And one of the good things about owning a somewhat old, modern car is that, well, you can still work on it. Uh, I had known for quite some time that I was needing to replace the spark plugs and plug wires in my car. It's got about 112,000 miles on my 2011 Fiesta. And, uh... Not that it had necessarily been running rough by any stretch of measure, uh, but there were definitely some fuel economy losses that I was experiencing, and, you know, it's just time to start replacing that stuff. Uh, I had said to one of my repair shops that I go to that a tune-up was probably a good idea, and they gave me a quote at almost $500 to replace those plugs, plug wires, and a couple of filters, and I was really taken back by that as a concept just because I know how relatively easy it is to do the job. It's a little more complicated on some cars. Uh, but I was able to source out the parts codes thanks to a very helpful YouTube video uh, that I watched several times very closely. Uh, but, you know, all told, between the parts and buying a couple of tools to get the job done, uh, I was just under a $100 and I ended up saving myself almost 450 bucks. And that really feels... Fantastic. And, you know, I just wanted to share it out there on the online internet that, yes, you are capable of doing some basic maintenance in the yard or under a tree or in your driveway or wherever you're at. Uh, It doesn't take much to save you just a little bit of money. And uh, it feels pretty good. You feel pretty accomplished when you get it done. Uh, So that's always a great thing. Uh, But as I'm continuing to shop for slightly older vehicles for my SO... Uh, you know, it's something I have to keep in mind because doing that little bit of maintenance on those older cars that are a little bit easier to work on, uh, it's gonna save her a lot of money long term. It's gonna save me some time and energy long term, uh, so that is a good thing as well. But anyway... To kind of wrap up the show, I guess we'll just do it all in one segment here. Uh, This has been an episode of the Salvage Title Podcast. Uh, It's Friday, August 23rd. Uh, The Woodward Street Dream Cruise has finished over in Detroit. We've got the Metro Dream Cruise here in Grand Rapids this weekend, which is always an exciting time to be a car fan. Uh, I'm excited to go out and see some of those cars roll in tonight. The big show, of course, is tomorrow, so I'll spend some time doing that as well. Uh, But if you live in a part of the country where they've got the big car shows going on as we wrap up the summertime, it's definitely a good opportunity to go out there and see some things that you might not normally see. Uh, And just as a reminder, we do post this episode, or these uh, episodes, I guess, uh, at least once a week, sometimes twice a week uh on apple itunes google podcasts spotify so much more so uh, if you haven't hit that subscribe button please do i really appreciate it uh if you're on a platform that asks for ratings for the show if you could do that that would also be great and uh if you hear something that you like or you're interested in share it with a friend that's also greatly appreciated but anyway guys i hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will see you on the next episode of the salvage title podcast we